Heroes on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. I've never interviewed anyone that's been outed by a newspaper until now. Meet GJ, who lives in London. I used to call myself a black dyke, which I really actually like that, but um, yeah, I'm gay. I don't really like the word lesbian, I'd say gay okay. or dyke. Yeah. I get that, I get that. I think I've always been gay because I remember um, my next-door neighbour when I was about probably eight or nine trying to kiss her, but didn't really... um, couldn't put anything to it, you know, I just thought it was normal. I just used to fancy my friends, do you know what I mean? But um, I used to have boys as friends, but I used to fancy girls, you know, I used to get like that, those butterfly feelings. I didn't get that with the boys. I just used to want to play football with the boys or fight with them or just hang with them. So, yeah, but it wasn't until I was older that I kind of put anything towards the fact that, you know... Uh, where was this? Where were you growing up? Right, so I grew up in Leicester in the 70s. And interestingly, my dad used to have a lot of gay friends. And my mum's uncle was gay, openly gay, which was quite different for that generation of black people to be openly gay, you know, so um, my mum's got an uncle and aunt that are gay and she blames them for my sexuality, so. Does she watch still to this day? Oh, still to this day, yeah, my dad's like, it's not from my side of the family, it's from yours, you know, so, um, yeah. And whereabouts in the Caribbean are they from? Um, they're from an island called Barbuda, so oh, yeah. it's, um, it's next to Antigua, mm. so it's a very tiny island and when I go there, it's like everyone knows I'm gay and it's not a problem, they accept it. But I think that's because I don't make a big deal out of it. They just know and accept it. So Because it's not known as being that tolerant, is it? It's still illegal in a lot of Caribbean islands, is it that right? Is, I think in the bigger islands, maybe. But like I say, um, where my parents are from, where I'm from, the population is 1,500. Yeah. So it's very small. And like I say, my mum's uncle and aunts, were, everyone knew they were gay. But you didn't put the word lesbian or gay or whatever to it you know it's like you just love women or you love men and you know that's that so you were growing up in Leicester and you say you said you did not really have a, a word for it or an understanding of what you were going through really um at that age no but then um it wasn't really it wasn't about sexuality you know I was just kind of like um known as being a tomboy or you know, it wasn't about sexuality at that time. It wasn't until I was probably around about 15, 16, when all my mates started to fancy boys, and I didn't. I actually ended up going out with a guy, not because I fancied him, it's because everyone thought I was a lesbian. And at that time, I didn't think I was, even though... I didn't know what name to put to the feelings that I had. I just thought everyone felt like that about their friends. Do you know what I mean? I didn't realise it's like... So it was, it was weird, you know, so um, I ended up going out with this guy. It didn't go too well because obviously I wasn't into men. Do you know what I mean? So well, you didn't um, fancy him, I guess. No, I didn't. Like I said, I ended up, and he was a git. It was horrible. You know? <laughs> I tell you why I'm laughing, it was just the way you said it, he was a git. <laughs> no, he was. And then, as chance would have it, I started working at a women and girls centre hmm. and I met um, these two black women that happened to be gay. Everyone knew they were gay. And I kind of started hanging out with them and started to meet gay women. And then it just kind of like a light bulb moment. It's like, wow, th- that's me. You know, that was me. And yeah. So it took other people to show you. What, what age were you by then? Um, I was probably about 1920. So I started seeing that guy 
then I started meeting these women. It was weird because I was I was into Rasta then. I was a Rastafarian. I had lots. I used to wrap my hair, wear my like um, African print and all that. And um, obviously, it was seen as being a sin to be gay or whatever. So I had real conflict with myself around my religion in inverted commas and my sexuality. And I was well known in the Leicester community because I used to be a poet. I used to do a lot of poetry. I used to perform a lot, so I was quite out there. So it was it was a struggle, it was a battle. It's interesting, I didn't know that about the Rastafarianism, that it was sort of not seen as cool to be gay. Well, it's kind of, it's, I mean, Rastafarianism is kind of like a cross between Islam and Christianity. Mm. So it's, you know, and a lot of um, the teachings are from the Bible. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, um, anyway, my coming out story is um, I ended up going on a march in London and I was um, walking in front of a black lesbian and gay banner and my picture got taken by um, someone in the Caribbean Times and them days in Leicester every single black person used to read the Caribbean Times. That was on the Saturday, when I got back to Leicester on the Monday, I think by the Wednesday, word had gotten round at my picture and oh my God, the amount of people, I mean I had one guy come up to me and slam the paper on the table saying what is the meaning of all this? It's wow. like, who are you, my father? You know, and it's like, um, everyone knew. And it, this was a march you'd been on in London, yeah? Yeah, it was, um, I think it was either Section 28 March or it was... Um, Tottenham against a backlash. I can't remember which one, but I know that I was marching. Um, with so it black probably would have been in the 80s then, if it were, it or early 80, 90s even. No, it was 80, 86 or 87. Wow, so this yeah. is the first person I'm at to be outed by a newspaper. Yeah. You were outed by the Caribbean I was Times. Outed by the Caribbean Times. That's my claim to fame. Wow. <laughs> and how annoyed were you on the day that you were outed by the Caribbean Times? Because that, that wasn't, wasn't a decision you made, was no, it? No, I wasn't so much annoyed. I was more um, worried because, like I said, I wasn't out. I was still coming to terms with my sexuality. I knew that my parents read um, the Caribbean Times, so I did actually phone them and said, uh, oh, guess what, I'm in, the, um, I'm in the newspaper. And they're like, oh, they thought it was about my poetry. And then I'm like, but I happened to be walking in front of a black lesbian and gay banner, and I remember my mum saying to me, are you gay? And I remember saying no, you know, because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Even though you were in the Caribbean Times walking with a big lesbian and gay banner? Yeah, yeah, yeah I wasn't ready. And, and how did she react then? She believed you? Well, they knew. I think they, they knew. I think they knew I was gay before I did. They just didn't, do you know what I mean, talk about it. It was a difficult time. I got a lot of hassle, um, end up cutting my locks, end up moving to London. Yeah, it was tough. It was hard. You so know. you moved away because of the hassle? Out. Yeah, because um, I used to get a lot of hassle, mainly from women, funny enough, from straight women. Um, Within your community? Yeah. 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 And why do you think that is? Why, why do you think it is such a difficult thing to come out in the Afro-Caribbean community? I don't know if it is. I don't know if it was just difficult for me because of who I was as an individual. Because, like I say, I was well-known... In the Caribbean community, I was a Rastafarian, I was a poet, do you know what I mean? So people knew me, you know, so... Like I say, my family didn't have no issues with... Um, like I say, my dad in the 70s used to bring this white lesbian, really butch, I used to fancy her like mad, I was only about 13. <laughs> Seriously, she went through a really hard time because she was really butch, she used to wear her suits, you know, and they used to call her Fred de Les. Oh you know, God. seriously, I'm on about like 76, 77. Wow. 
We used to see Fred around and everyone used to take the piss out of her. And I remember one day sitting at home and my dad came home with Fred and um, I was besotted. And she used to come every week for dinner. And um, I remember my dad saying to my mum that he found her crying in the toilet because she was going through a really hard time. So um, obviously homophobia in them days was rife. So he bought her home. And um, yeah, she used to come quite a lot. And like I say, I was besotted with her, and I think I knew then that, you know, mind you, I've always known. Um, yeah, so, but, so your dad was obviously a good guy and was worried about her, but you still called her Fred the Les. Well, every, everyone did. Yeah. Everyone did, you know. It was, um, it's not until I got older that I realised what was wrong with it, but at the time, yeah. you know, it's like, that's what, um, they, I'm, you know, I'm talking like uh, mid-70s, so, okay. you know. So when was the time then when you were ready? Let's go back to the Caribbean Times incident, mm-hmm. because so you said that when the Caribbean Times outed you, yeah. you then literally had a transformation, you had a life change, you'd cut your dreads, you yeah. moved to London. What was that like? <sighs> Moving to London was, it was, it was just the eye-up. I was like a kid in a sweet shop. Yeah. Yeah, it was just mad. <sighs> yeah, I was nuts. I was anything that was gay, I fancied, it's like, I fancied, <laughs> you know, it's like the amount of women, yeah, it was mad, it was nice, you know, it's like, got myself a pair of Doc Martens, black Levi's, you know, that style back then, my denim jacket, yeah, it's trans, I cut my hair in like, um, at shave sides, I still, I grew my locks back actually, but it was more funky dread style, so I was kind of like, I could still have my locks and all that, but, you know, I could still be, um, gay and not feel no way about it you know because um yeah it was good so it's a positive experience because i just worried that you know you've left your family and friends behind and you've moved to the big smoke and it's kind of because you're having a bad time in leicester so it wasn't like isolating or didn't make you lonely no i think it was a blessing in disguise because i've always had a good relationship with my family so i used to go back now and again to see them do you know what i mean and they kind of accepted it as long as i didn't ram it in their face which i don't know if that is them accepting it or not but um it was kind of like the elephant in the room as long as you didn't talk about it but yeah i'd always take girlfriends home with me and they'd be fine with it apart from when i took an obviously gay girlfriend home was really i met this um Irish lesbian in Lesbos that I ended up um, having a relationship with and I took her home to Leicester she was really butching out and um, it was a problem for my dad you know funny enough ironically he had a problem with it even though years ago he was good friends with Fred yeah. the Les yeah. yeah yeah but Fred the Les weren't his daughter or weren't yeah. my partner do you know what I mean so um, it's a strange one but even now my dad still has problems I think yeah. with me but being gay have you ever had that conversation though? Or was it always swept under the carpet? Like, I'm just coming back and here's my partner, but you have you ever sat down and said, Mum, Dad, I'm gay? You know what? It's really weird. Uh, me and my mum went away a few weeks ago, and that's the first time I've been out for 30 years, and it's the first time me and my mum have had the conversation. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. And she said, We always. No, what she said was, We always knew you was a tomboy, but we didn't think you was gay until you brought that woman home, mm. you know, so... Um, so you've been living your life as an out black dyke, your phrase, not yeah, mine, yeah. Um, for 30 years, yeah. but it's only in the last year you've actually said it out loud to me. No, that we've actually spoke about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but... So um, it was one of them, you know, don't mention the war, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah the elephant in the room, you know, mm. it's like, as long as you don't talk about it, we're fine with it. Yeah. You and know? what about your dad? Have you ever tried to have that combo? 
No, no, he ain't ready. No, even after all this time, he's not ready. They know, so I don't, you know, don't want to push it on them. Sort of Fair enough. And I'm going to make a guess that if you're from a Caribbean family, you've probably got siblings, am I right? Um, yeah, I've got a brother and a sister. Mm -hmm. My sister's as straight as they come, and um, she lives in America, and she went through this phase of sending me dungarees and waistcoats. <laughs> Seriously, honestly, she used to send me... From a nice place, though, I guess. Yeah, even though it's stereotypical, but she used to send me um, dungarees and um, waistcoats. Did you wear them? The dungarees, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love a good dungar. Yeah. They're very in now. <laughs> yeah, my brother, he don't, he don't care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a problem. So is there anyone else you've ever had to come out in the workplace or anything like that? It's really weird. I work with kids and um, I didn't um, come out at work, but it's really weird because um, one of the parents invited me to her party and a couple of the kids were standing by and one of the kids said, um, why did, um, let's say, Tony's mum invite you to her party? And I'm like, I don't know. And then one of the kids said, it's because she fancies you. And I'm like, why would Tony's mum fancy, fancy me? And she's like, come on, Glenn, we all know you're gay. Do you know what I mean? And this is like a 12-year-old kid. Because I've never actually um, been out at work. Everyone knows I'm gay, but I don't say it. You know, I don't know. It's just that thing about working with kids, and I don't know. You know, so probably the same as a lot of people who work in that sort of industry. Yeah. It's not sort of something you, you discuss much. Well, a lot yeah. of people just don't discuss it yeah. much at work, do they? Yeah, really? You know. So, um, but like I say, I don't deny it at work. If anyone asks me, I'm not going to deny it. But I'm not going to go out there and broadcast it. Like I say, kids nowadays they're like pretty astute. They know. Yeah. Well, I bet you work with a lot of kids that are in the exactly. LGBT community or will yeah. be in the LGBT yeah, community. Definitely. Yeah. Not so. I don't hide it. You know. I mean, the way I dress, the way I look. You know, I'm not the most femme-looking um, female on the planet. So. I was going to say she has not got her dungarees on or waistcoat. No, not today, anyway. So finally, any advice that you might give for other people going through the process? I mean, I always say it's very difficult to be outed because you were outed without your consent, really, weren't you? I mean, just try and be as true to yourself as possible, really. And it's like. As bad as you think it will be, it's never going to be that bad. A lot of my um, anxieties were born out of fear and paranoia and not knowing, but, you know, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. You know, and just, like I say, be true to yourself, really. And do you still have any anger towards the uh, Caribbean Times and the photographer that took your picture and put it in the paper without your permission? No, no, life's too short for that. And like I say, it was 30 years ago. It's just one of them things, you know. Maybe it was a blessing in disguise, you know, because it helped me to come out. Yeah. You've had 30 years as an out and proud black dyke. Exactly. I should have warned you, that interview took place at uh, the Elfest Lesbian Festival, hence a little bit of music at the end there. Anyway, wonderful to meet GJ and to hear her story. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time round, we're off to the Bronx to speak to Jose. He was thrown out at the age of 13 and was in New York City around the time of the Vogue Balls and the influential Marsha P. Johnson. My mother was that submissive type and my father was that militant guy. And um, at 13, I remember mom was not feeling well, so I went on ahead and started washing the dishes for her and doing some of the cleaning. I got thrown out at the age of 13. For what? For washing dishes and cleaning the house, which was something men don't do. 
the women did that.